Welcome to the road to Blake Street. Banter. Where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other two are just long for the ride. Tyler, say hi. I'm back. I am back. You were gone last week. We should have called out you. Did you listen? I see. No, I did not. I did not. I, did, I pulled a James. Yeah, we should have pulled in like each that, other. James. We pulled in each other. <laughs> there we to go. Find the message. Assume, I assume there's a there's a message for me in there. There is not. James really dropped the ball on that. It was kind of like this week. Like, all right, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do this? And kind of throw it together. James should have brought it back to you. So James messes up again. So as usual, for you all keeping track at home, James is a hundred percent at messing up. What four for four, five for five. 100%. He is batting 1,000 when it comes to missing missing an opportunity. Um, James, say hi. Yeah, I'm here. Do you want to take this opportunity to address, or, the, to address the anything that was what you were just talking about? Find <laughs> the falseness in what I just said. I don't know. I mean, I'll at least I'm good at something, so I'll take the dub. What? Dropping the ball. <laughs> Drop the ball 100% of the time. I like the Colorado Rockies defense right now. <laughs> then I'm done. That was just really bad, but they are second worst in defensive areas right now. They have played really well this past week. We'll leave it at that. They played a pretty good road trip in San Diego and San Francisco. But you're not here for that nonsense. You're not here for this. You're not here for that. Uh, you are here for the minor league recap and let's just get this out of the way player of the week is just expected we can expect one or two players being a player of the week every single week because we had three this week can you name them james give me one um willie mcgyver no, if only you had the rundown open. Tyler, can you name one? Wait, I, I have the other two. Is the third your guy for the season, Sean Bouchard? Like, did it he is, get it? No, motherfucker should have, though. He should have. Yeah. Sean Bouchard should have. That dude had a week. We'll get to that later. But... I know who it is. I know who it is. Okay, so, Tyler, name the ones in Fresno. So, they, yeah, they swept the bill. They got Brian Castillo went six, Shuddy, and then Yankeel Fernandez went off he just keeps getting extra base hits so i think 14 15 rbis um nice little week for him yeah who is this mystery third man it's a friend of the pod Ooh, lefty we talked a little bit about him last week james oh your honors james give take the honors who Uh, was it i don't know oh my god he's gonna be he's gonna get some more mention Later, he should be going to Albuquerque. That's the final hint. Is it Nick Bush? Nick Bush. Yes. There you go. He went seven scoreless innings of two hit ball, no walks, only struck out four. If he, if that's not the definition of efficient, I don't know what is, but he continues to be great. Again, doesn't have the knockout stuff, doesn't have the, all right, I'm going to get you out with my, with my stuff i'm going to make you put it in play utilize my defense and here we are lefty lefty specialist we'll just call it that and he continues to have a fantastic season i'm not sure what his season numbers are maybe james can t- contact mike and get get that on there but nick bush friend of the pod not saying we had anything to do with it but we had everything to do with it um <laughs> Nick Bush just continued to doing it. And yes, we will be talking about these call-ups soon. So stay around. Hashtag um, humble. Very humble. I mean, if we have an opportunity to speak up for ourselves through our guys, I'm going to take it. Well, and here's a, a nice little tidbit. I just, I, uh, Mike shot this over to me. Of the pitchers in the system with 30 innings or, or more, he has, Nick Bush has the highest swinging strike percentage of any pitcher in the organization, which kind of means that his stuff is like guys are not making contact with his stuff. So uh, while you have Mike picks. on the line, can you see what he ranks in total strikeouts in the organization? And, and yeah, it's not super high in right. terms of raw strikeouts. 
Actually, he is fourth in raw strikeouts. Okay. We're not going to go percentage wise because he's not. Yeah, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys per you know inning, but um, he his stuff I think is kind of just low key and it deserves some credit. I think that's why it'll play at AAA. A lot of the guys, you know, they'll do fine at AA and they go to AAA and it's like a bloodbath. I mean, we've every pitcher at AAA right now is experiencing that. Uh, I think Nick Bush could survive. Yeah, and that goes back to my point. He's not a strikeout guy, but he's getting swings and misses. The percentage isn't there, but he's still making people miss with this stuff. So, I think yeah, that's, that's the best huge. way to pitch. Like your your stuff is effective, but you're not trying to you know throw a, like strike a guy out with you know in a in a zero zero count. Like he's pitching, but he's really good at it. <laughs> I mean, just ask Antonio Sensatella how that worked out for him. What, 50 million in the bag for over four years. So, <laughs> so, good yeah. No negativity on the major league club in this podcast because the things that were bad a month ago, good right now. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I meant that comment in a positive light. Like, that's what the Rockies do. They want pitch to contact. I mean, Carl Kaufman is that to an extent. They have these pitch to contact guys that work, and that's the plan. Good defense. Again good defense will help these guys. So continue doing it, Nick Bush. I just, it's so fun. It's so fun seeing our guys, like these guys that we talk to their stories and then being humble and being nice enough to spend an hour talking ball with us. And then they go out and do this and then send a nice little congratulations DM to him. And he's like, thanks dog. Like, it's, it's just so cool. I love it. And I can't, I just can't wait to get that first call up of a BSB banter session. Yes, well, you know that's maybe super selfish, but it's okay. You know what happens when you're not humble, right? You you get humbled. You drop the ball. Yeah, you're the number one team in the nation, and then you lose. <laughs> hey, that's yes. a good baseball tie-in right there. It really yeah, is. Baseball, the baseball gods will, will come and find you. Let's segue to that. Like we didn't really talk about it. We talked a little bit, a little bit about it last week, the regional super regionals, college world series uh path i think all eight are figured out i don't know if they figured out the eighth one just yet um uconn or stanford i don't think it's finished yet um but james what are you talking about well for anybody living under a rock number one tennessee (laughs) tennessee dropped two out of three to notre dame which you know notre dame hit 75 home runs on the season which is quite a lot Tennessee hit 150. <laughs> Twice as much. That's incredible. And, and they had like the best pitching staff in the country, like pretty objectively, like amazing pitching staff. Yeah, but they were also a soap opera and they really, <laughs> com- they really got all of college baseball fandom to, to get behind hating them. Um, and it was just a lot of fun to, to watch them get humbled in that way. I yeah I I'll be honest I was like kind of taking their side just because I think I like so many of the guys on that team as players I won't speak as much on the antics I will say though that Jordan Beck bat spike might have been the coolest thing I've ever seen on a baseball yeah, team. I know you probably hated it James he's old school but like just seeing this dude hit a really meaningful home run and then get extremely amped about it like really cool plus he's been mocked to the rockies in like multiple you know mock drafts so i'm like we need this man on our team somehow like i want that (laughs) no i mean they're they're legit and they can ball for sure and yeah i mean he pumped his bumped his chest with the bat and then spiked it i was like oh shit okay stay out of that dude's way like i was (laughs) i was legit like okay because then notre dame in game two got completely stomped and so at that point i i was kind of like okay uh they woke the beast but somehow some way tennessee didn't really show up for the last couple innings so i mean they lost because of an error essentially it was yeah pretty crazy i watched most of that game and i i sent a a text to someone saying this game looks over like chase burns who's a freshman pitcher for tennessee I mean, that's that's a guy who's going to be a high first-round pick in two years. And he was lights out for six, and then the seventh did not go his way. And then, yeah, the error happened. 
that was that was Rockies esque. <laughs> I mean, that's baseball. It's Especially one small baseball. thing. You know, even when that error happened, everybody was still probably like, "Oh, they'll be fine," but then it led to something just much bigger. Yeah, yeah, that's baseball. But the big dog goes down. So, James, I got to ask because since we do have a player of the pods, a friend of the pods, alma mater, who that pod will drop this Thursday. I know I promised it last Thursday. Luke Taggart's alma mater, uh, Oklahoma's in it, and your your job. Notre Dame is in it. Who are you rooting for? Are you being selfish? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. I, <laughs> I, picked, I picked Notre Dame uh, to come out of that super regional in the bracket, so I win. <laughs> so you win. Yeah, so right now six of the eight teams are Notre Dame, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. Auburn versus Oregon State to be figured out, and Stanford versus UConn to be figured out. Um, as the timing of this pod gets released. We will have more next week of players to watch during that CWS, especially connected to the Rockies. We'll get Nick back on here. We'll talk some uh, college ball, college prospects with that. All right, let's get into it. There were, there were two teams that swept, swept a six-game series this week for the Rockies affiliates, and one of those teams was low A Fresno, and oh, my God. If there is not a team that is more fun to watch than the Fresno Grizzlies, I don't know what there is. Like, I was doing the newsletter today. I was looking at OPSs of just the top 30 guys. I didn't even look at the hot guys that you guys put on there. OPS, Adele Amador, 1.17. Yankoel Fernandez, 1.19. Hunter Goodman, 1.4. Warning, warming Burnable, 1.16. Juan Brito was up there, 0.983. Put in Braxton Fulford, 1.128 OPS. If there isn't a power outage in where James is at right now, you can just call Fresno and they will send some power to you. It yeah. was lights on for everybody in Fresno. Absolutely incredible. And they're pitching like nuts. I mean, we saw, we just mentioned Brian Castillo, one pitcher of the week. You could make a case that he he wasn't even the best pitcher on the team this week with Victor Juarez basically posting identical numbers. So they had those two, our guy, Case Williams, we brought up his streak to him. He continued it seven straight games where he's gone six or more innings and given up two or less runs. He's, you know, going off. Mason Green, he did give up 10 hits, but he did keep it to two runs over six innings. You know, they're pitching well too. Like that is just a ridiculous, ridiculous team. Absolutely. It's so much fun to watch. And it was Parker Bears, the mascot's 16th birthday this weekend. I think yesterday was his 16th birthday. So Living be careful on the roads. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's just one of those teams, like we saw a little last year with Fresno, but this team, there's so many hidden gems in this team that are going to make noise as this time goes. I mean, we know Yankwell, we know Adele. Hunter Goodman, maybe, maybe not. Warming. He had a rough year last year. He's figuring it out. Um, but Juan Burrito, like Juan Burrito, Victor Juarez, these guys are like doing their thing, and it's so much fun to watch. Who who would you buy stock in? Like we love our guys, right? Ooh, that's so the, who would you buy your stock in right now on somebody in this Fresno team that isn't Yankwell, that isn't Warming, that isn't Adele or Benny, any of these top guys? But like, like – 20 20th prospect or higher not on there who are you buying stock on to like make a major league club in two or three years for me i've been pretty biased and behind juan burrito kind of since i guess it would have been 2019 yeah we didn't have a 2020 season you know 2019 he was he was a dude in the dsl i think he had like twice as many walks as he did strikeouts and that's something that always jumps out to me and, you know, he's kind of doing that again. He had a little bit of like a down year in 2020 or 2021. Like it was, it was a fine season, but not great. And then this year, again, more walks than strikeouts. He's doing it against full season competition. Dude is a, you know, he can hit. And so I, I got to go with Brito. I think he's someone MLB.com is going to release their, their mid season update. If he's not in the top 30, I don't know what they're doing over there. So 
he's he's my guy to buy some stock in. James, what about you? Well, I think Brito is is the wise choice. Um, six other guys are in the top thirty, so I mean, <laughs> not many choices. Yeah, not I gave a whole you lot twenty. I gave you gave you twenty or beyond. So like, you can go Hunter if you want. I mean, that's who I'm gonna grab. I wanted to go warming, but um, he's fourteen, so he's out. I still like warming. If I could buy stock in him, I would. But that's insider trading, according to Aaron. <laughs> um, You're so not I'll go. I'll go with Hunter Goodman. I mean, this last week, four hundred nine average, three home runs, two doubles. I mean, they're fun to watch. Yeah, and power power is going to play in the big league, especially when Hunter is going to be DH or first base as as we move forward. I I I love Case Williams, and I would buy stock with him. I'm going to put a little a little nibble on him, but I'm I'm going Victor Juarez. Like you put us, you put our, him on our radar early this offseason, Tyler, and I was not familiar with Victor Juarez, but the young, young guy out of Mexico coming in one start, six innings pitch, like you just kind of keep seeing that he's already one player of the week honors, but adapting, like we talked about it last week, adapting culturally, being on a whole new team, coming and doing this as an 18, 19 year old. Absolutely not. I wouldn't be able to do this as a 30, uh, 36, I, a late 30s person anyway, going into that kind of setting. So I'm, I, I really like Victor Warriors' stuff and seeing it progress already in these like set, first seven or eight stars of his to what it might be. I can see that guy doing really, really good things. And yeah, I think the whole team, man. He's got a shot to be you know, one of the best pitchers in the organization. Like he reminds me at this point, a lot of Antonio Sensatella, except he tries to miss bats. And I guess I want to say Sensatella was a little more like that in the minors, but Juarez is like, he's not just trying to pitch to contact. Like he's just blowing guys away. Um, But, you know, he's a little smaller. Um, He Sensatella got to the big leagues at like 22. Like he was really young doing it. So I, I think Juarez is basically like, same guy, similar arsenal, getting the job done, and he'll be recognized for that soon enough. Yeah, and I think we'll touch on it later. But I want I want the Rockies to push, start pushing these guys like they did with Carl last year. Like let's start pushing these guys. Let's start moving up as we move up to Spokane. Rough one in what I think they played. I don't know where they played. Eugene. Eugene. Thank you. Rough one. I think one and five on this week or two and four. Um, uh, one and five just not a lot of offense i think it lack of depth is kind of a big deal if veen struggles if romo struggles if levine struggles there's not a lot of offensive power up there i think we're seeing julio carreras being really streaky it's either going yard or it's not doing much um kind of seeing that from him right now Braden ward is adjusting to the next level um Still kind of producing, right? You're still getting on and causing chaos, but still not what you want as a team, as an offensive team doing their thing up there. And we all know, like, Spokane is in a very pitcher-friendly league. Like, it's all pitcher-heavy. pitcher, pitcher heavy. So offense is going to be light, but it's super light, very Rocky-esque like right now, if you are watching those Spokane lineups. Um, is there any hope on the horizon to – maybe push these guys forward I'm like gonna, as a team. I'm going to come to Braden's, uh, Braden Ward's defense here. To Good. be fair, he told Aaron and I that his bat doesn't travel uh, to Eugene specifically. Facts. If you remember from yeah. his college days, just not a good place for him um, to hit. So the good news is, is that Spilkan's going to be back at home this next series. And, and so I think just – I think they just have bad juju there. So I think they're going to get it right here uh, now that they're back at home. Still in yeah. second place. So things are okay. And, I mean, you do have, yeah, Zach Dean, Drew Rambo. Those guys have got – like, they they both got kind of hot for a little bit at the end of May, and, you know, things have kind of slowed down a little bit for them. But you do got to think between now and July, there's definitely going to be some call-ups because you've got to create a couple spots in Fresno um, – got to create a couple spots in the complex league. So everyone's going to be taking a step up and Spokane could use another bat. Like we just spent a little bit talking about a bunch of those guys, Bernabel, maybe Amador, 
like those are the two guys who are probably the most advanced bats and you know have a lot of it well especially with Bernabel, he played in fresno last year he's ready i think for a call up and spokane could really use a little bit extra on their lineup yeah and one name that we didn't mention uh is eddie diaz a little worried about yeah. him we love eddie we we love the speed that he has the ability that he has but right now it's just missing he goes he goes on these streaks I mean, he's either ice cold or he's red hot, and he's he's kind of rarely in between, which, you know, consistency yeah. is kind of name of the game. So he's got to figure that out. But um, expect him to get hot here soon. Could happen any second. I'm just going to throw this out there. We did play the Emerald, Eugene Emeralds, as James pointed out. Looking at their top 30 prospect list, the San Francisco Giants, five of their top 11 are playing for the Eugene Emeralds. Yeah. Number one prospect, the number three prospect, number seven, eight, and 11 are all in UG. So they're stacked. Like, that's kind of what it's going to happen. Like, you have these studs. Shoot, 12, number 12, number 13 is up there, too. So the San Francisco Giants have loaded up their high A, high A roster. So that's also why they are, what, sitting, what, 31 and 21, four and a half games above Spokane. So you're going to run into that gamut every once in a while. You know what is also fun? Another sweep. Hartford Yard Goats goes 6-0 again this week. And Fresno is fun. But, like, add maturity, like, in bats and ability to that team. And you're in that in Hartford. Um, absolutely incredible stuff. Like, I – we all know I love my Hartford Yard Ghosts. I try to watch them. They're on at 6, 7 o'clock Eastern time and get on there while I'm trying to parent and all that good stuff and trying to watch them. But there's so much talent on there. And, like, the high talent isn't necessarily producing. Like, it is a full team squad doing their thing and a lot of people trying to make their names. And Gavin Hollowell, PJ Pouillon, Daniel Montano, like, these are names that are now on our radar because of what they're doing in Hartford. Just incredible stuff. What are you more impressed by, the pitching or the hitting in Hartford so far in these first 10 weeks? Definitely got to be the pitching. I mean, we mentioned a little bit of the the pitchers there at the start, but <clears throat> like it, it really comes down to that bullpen, which has five or six guys who I, I bet make the majors at some point. You know, how successful they'll be, you never know with anyone. Um, but their bullpen is just so stacked. You know, Stephen Jones has been a dude. Stephen M- uh, Jones. Stephen MF Jones. Um, you know, there's Riley Pine, but more importantly, like Gavin Hollowell and, and PJ Poulin, like those guys are amazing. And one of them has got to go to AAA real soon. But their bullpen is just incredible. And then, yeah, you got Carl, you got Noah Davis. Um, Mitch Kokenny's kind of been figuring it out, I think. I think at least. And then they've been throwing some of the bullpen guys kind of as like openers. They go like three or four innings and, you know, they've been lights out. And I, I know you, you kind of got on the Blair Calvo train early in the season. He's nasty. Like that whole pitching staff is just ridiculous. And, you know, because of Tovar, like they're always going to get some runs. Like he's always basically producing a run every game um, at least. So it, it is a team effort, but that pitching staff is just so thorough everyone is pitching well, like outside of maybe two guys. It's, it's special. Yeah. It's almost like they're professionals, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they are literally almost professional. Like, it's almost like they get league professionals. Do this. What are you more impressed by, Jamesy? Offense, the, the arm. The arm I'm arm. going offense. Pitching's uh, – bullpen's been great. Uh, it's been a team effort, but the pitching staff, especially starting pitchers, have been – a little underwhelming for me and I'm specifically thinking of Noah Davis unfortunately um, who is super fun to watch but um, right now just gives up too many runs so talent is there but for me it, it's I've been more impressed with the clutch hitting you think about Tovar's walk-offs um, it's just offensively you know chicks dig the long ball and so do I so <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like long ball, Tovar 12, Tolia 11, McIver 10. Shunky has eight. And those are your top four there with two more people with seven. 
each. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Like where they're getting these wins, it's very Rocktober like. I mean, all Colorado Rockies fans know what that is. Like they're getting these moments, these this production from unknown dudes, and it's just kind of the vibe that they're having. Best season they've ever had, I think, so far. Like it's just just fun stuff. It is reminiscent. I forget which year I want to say 17 or 18. I I don't remember which one, but the Hartford Yard Goats were like the best team in minor league baseball. And that team kind of produced some of these these guys who pushed the Rockies over the hump. And, you know, in 2017 and 28 or 2018 and 2019, like those teams made the playoffs and looked pretty decent. And a lot of that was because you had this Hartford team that was just really good. So we're kind of seeing some of the same, like there's going to be guys on this team that are MLB contributors within the, the next calendar year. Um, and that's really exciting. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so much to look forward. Like, and people are going to be watching the goats because of Tovar and Tolia. And so all these other guys making their moments, their names out there is a good opportunity. Love that. Some bad news, the isotopes. What a weird team. Uh, I just one and five on the week. No, two and four. They went two and four. My bad. My bad. They're currently fourth place in the in their league. Eleven games back. Uh, just a rough, rough go. Um, there are a few highlights, um, but I don't know. I think we might have talked about it a few times. But Ryan Valade, what do we? What are we thinking right now? Is he broken? Is he, do we keep buying stock into him being in Colorado soon? I know he's only 23. He's only had a few seasons in the minors, I guess four or five, four years so far. But right now he had a 234 OPS of 629. Um, You would expect that to be a little bit higher knowing what Albuquerque is. But are we buying stock in Ryan Valade? It's like you can't really sell anymore at this point. I mean, some people, I guess, still had a lot of hope coming into this year. Um, But it's weird because he's still a really solid hitter. Like when you watch him take at bats, he works counts. Um, You know, he can hit the ball the other way, puts the ball in play a ton. But they ruined it. Either he ruined his swing or they ruined his swing. And everything is just like on the ground now and you're not going to succeed like that. So big sell. Valade is a um, kangaroo market. This motherfucker. (laughs) I mean, the age is on his side. Um, I think the organization likes him considering uh, his background. So I think things are still in his favor. Um, But he's going to have to, instead of taking that superstar route to the majors like he probably wanted and the organization wanted him to, he's going to have to carve out a role for himself, much way um, a la Bradley Zimmer for uh, Toronto Jays. Um, He was somebody that's highly touted, and now he's just a role player for their team. He's in the bigs. He's making contributions, but, you know, he's not – He's not the go-to offensive stick, right? So Valade's going to have to carve out some type of piece for him uh, that way in order to, to get some meaningful major league at-bats. I mean, and it's it seems like the solution is pretty easy for him. Like, he used to be a big-time power guy. Like, he's just got to figure out how to elevate again. And I think with that, his average would probably jump, you know, 30 points. I mean, and same with his on-base percentage. And he'd probably have, like, 10 long balls right now. I don't think he has one this year. Like, that's crazy that this was a guy drafted. And if you were watching on MLB Network, the first thing they show is him winning a home run derby in high school at Wrigley Field. Like, this guy was drafted for big-time power. He does not have a single home run in the Pacific Coast League, which is arguably the most hitter-friendly league in, like, all of professional baseball, like, worldwide. Like, it is a ridiculous hitter's league and he does not have a single home run i i don't understand i hope that he kind of taps into that natural strength though he's got it okay i'm selling now i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) that the zero homer thing kind of i popped i'm going to watch 
whether it's live or after the fact, I'm going to watch all of his at bats this week and see if my amateur analysis can find anything with it. Maybe look at some old film of it, whatever. But that will be my homework assignment for Ryan Belade this week, just so I'm more more aware of what's going on with him because he is a top prospect. He's not what number nine in the system, so we do need him, want him to do good. Uh, so I don't know. We'll just look at it and see what see what I can come up with. Um, speaking of that. Uh, Michael Tolia, I want to bring this back. I've been watching his K percentage yeah. last so three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was 40 percent. Three weeks ago, it was 38 percent. Didn't do it last week, but we are officially at a 36 percent K rate. It has dropped over the last month. No, still high, but it has dropped. So, will he get that under 30 percent by the end of July? Uh, June, June, we are in June, probably not, maybe mid July. Maybe mid-July, he'll get that down to 30, but just something we're watching for. James, who's your favorite player on the on the Albuquerque Isotopes? I should get a call up. When Bernard. Okay. We, without a doubt. Without a okay. doubt. Call that man today. What was it? What were his numbers last week? Like the, Sean Bouchard went off, but Winston Bernard had a moment. Can you enlighten us about Winston Bernard's week? I absolutely can. And I would be. Uh, I'd be honored to do so. Just let me get uh, Mike's stat sheet here. Okay, so, I mean, the guy only had a 1.0 OPS, 300 average, two home runs, five RBI. I mean, just just putting in a good, solid week in the office. Yeah, week solid. after week. Solid, solid, solid. That is our push for Winston Bernard. If anybody wants to clip this and send it to our boy Dick up <laughs> in the office, let him know that we are putting Winston Bernard out there. That'd be great. Maybe we'll do it and send that email. Uh, but Winston Bernard needs more recognition. You will hear Winston Bernard's name on this pod every single week. Um, Somebody calls Sterling Monfort. Sterling. Dick it, and it, Sterling. It literally Somebody is like, call Sterling right now. Just a little phone tag. Just get the Rolodex. Just go one back. Because I, I do think we need to clear the air on this because I've run into some situations where people are like, oh, Sterling Monfort's running the draft. Like Sterling Monfort's job is to watch, you know, for the Winton Bernards and the pro scout, the pro guys. He is a pro scout. He's supposed to look at Winton Bernard and be like, big leaguer. <clears throat> He's not doing the draft. Just that's unrelated in a way to what we're talking about right now. But Sterling Monfort is not going to be submitting draft picks for the Rockies. Um, regardless of what you think about him. He's looking at the Winton Bernards and the Winton Bernards of other teams um, to see if they're good enough for, you know, the big leagues. And there's could be some arguments made that Winton should be up there instead of some other guy, but we won't name those names. Uh, <laughs> positive Bichard, podcast. <laughs> positive podcast. Sean Bouchard is the other guy that was hot as you can, as Albuquerque is right now. 458 batting average, 1.536 OPS, three Negers, one triple, eight ribbies, um, and three stolen bases. Yeah, the big, man, the big man got it. So Sean Bichard, he was my guy to watch out for at the beginning of the season, and he continues to kind of push the envelope. He's a little streaky. He has been up and down a lot, but these last two weeks have been really solid for him. All I right. mean, he's he's truly yeah pushing like the limits, like. I don't know how far he can go before getting a call up. Like he's having a ridiculous year, like the OPS at one zero six, seven on the year on the year. What? You're right. I mean, it is somewhat, I'll be honest. We do see that kind of stuff in this league. As we mentioned with Ryan Valade, most hitter friendly league in like all of professional baseball, but like he's just going off. So him and Wynn Bernard, like one of those guys, this is kind of a take we need to make. One of them has got to be in the big leagues by the end of the season. Like there might not be a clear shot, but like they've played their way to deserve that. So make it happen, somebody. There we go. Maybe I throw Sterling two emails. Hey Sterling, you're gonna get two from Blake's group banter. <laughs> Check your emails, dog. Um, hey, P.S. Dog. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um all right let's end it with this we were supposed to start with the hot take um and our player bios it has been a day it has been a week weekend for all of us so we're dropping the ball forgive us the three of you um but <laughs> let's end this hot 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 takes promotion 
esque. I don't know the word I'm looking for. O- overall promotion stuff, but hot takes. I mean, Tyler just kind of set it up with the Bouchard and the Winton stuff. But who should get that next promotion? Not the call up. I think we need to define that. A call up is the call up to the majors. Promotion is going up to the next level. I think James and I have been getting ourselves confused with our own communication with that. So I'm going to define that there. Um, hot take promotion ways. Tyler, start us off. Who is getting that promotion like within a week or two weeks, especially with the draft coming up, especially with all these moves that are about to be made in a week, two weeks? Um, who's your guy or few guys? It's, I mean, I kind of got my guy out of the way. We talked about buying stock, but you know, Juan Brito is, is the guy for me that has played really well. You know, he's at an age where he could definitely get that push. And I think Spokane could use, you know, kind of some pressure on Eddie Diaz, a guy who can play second play short. Um, I think thinking about this, we need to look at guys who are in Fresno or who are in Hartford because those teams are doing incredibly well. You know, both have are tied for the fourth best record in minor league baseball, but the teams above them, Spokane's doing fine, but they're about 500. And then Albuquerque's like 10 games below or close to that. So you got to get someone from Fresno up to Spokane or from Hartford to Albuquerque. Um, I think my guy from Hartford though would, would be Steven Jones. I think he's been, um, you know, really good and he's, he's certainly deserving of that call up. So or promotion, promotion. promotion. <laughs> so I'll go double Juan Brito, Stephen Jones. I'll, I'll leave another. I think you might have a Hartford pitcher in mind right now. So I'll leave that to you. And just to clear, clarify, it is Stephen motherfucking Jones. Like the MF is his official middle name <laughs> when we talk about him on this pod. But I mean, I think you're right. I think Eddie Diaz needs to be pushed. I think some things need to be changed. Like if you're seeing all this success, why aren't we calling him up? I don't Rockies are just so weird about their call-ups. I still haven't pinpointed like they they push, but they don't. I don't know. Um yeah. My my hot take is call up the entire pitching staff of Hartford Yard Goats and just kind of replace the isotopes. Keep a few names on there. Um, but why not? Because let me just give you these ERAs. Nine. 6.93, 4, 4.75, 9. 9.40. Oh no, it just reset on me. Um, 17.58, he's on the IL. 6.23, 6.9, 11, 13.5, um, 8.22, 10.25. Julian Fernandez, DFA'd, 9.47. Um, None of those numbers sounded good. Now, I did not put Feltner's on there, 3.76 for a reason, but none of that was starting, relieving combined. That was just those numbers. Not one, Chad Smith, 1.80 in 18 appearances. What about Jake Bird? Jake Bird, not sure. There he is, 2.77. Those are the two that are under three, and they got the call-ups. Yeah, they got the call-ups. Why do, what are we doing? What, why not? Call up Noah. Call up Carl. Call up um, our boy Nick. Why the heck not? Nick, do you guys know who Noah Gotsis is? Gotsis? Seen him a little bit. <clears throat> I think he's made a couple starts. Six starts, eight games, 28 innings, 3.21 ERA. See, and those are definitely the guys that you can, you know, make that push with. Because I think with some of the other guys, you want to make sure they're ready. You know, the Kaufmans, the Davises, you want to make sure those guys are ready before they quite literally have, you know, are burning down in, in Albuquerque. Um, but someone like Noah Gotsis, like, I want to say he's like 26. Like, what are you waiting for? And that's kind of the same with Stephen Jones. I think he's 25. What are you waiting for? Yeah, like, Gotsis is 25. I mean, why not? I mean, Nick, he's 24, 25. Carl was thrown through the ringer last year and he's bounced back fantastic this year why didn't just start pushing these guys ahead or if anything put this arm barn up in albuquerque hollowell stephen jones nick kennedy has eight games of nine innings what is I, he got the call up sorry Roddy yeah, you, got, you gotta pick one 
You just no, no, on. that's my hot take. Call up all these dudes, get rid of the arm burn and take. Albert. That's not gonna happen. Pick one. No, that's one. my hot take. That's what I need to happen. That's my hot take. That's my hot take. Fuck you, James. That's my hot take. Send up the entire arm bar to the isotopes and make things happen. Push the envelope, do something different because whatever is happening in Albuquerque isn't working. No disrespect to those guys, but it's not. Like Ashton Godot, major leaguer, not working. Urena, hopefully he figures it out. I don't yeah, know. Get a rough. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying break the mold, do something different. We have the talent in Hartford. Why not push it? Where are you going to put those guys that are replacing? <laughs> DFA? They did it with Julian. <laughs> Why not with the rest of them? Like, keep Logan. Keep a few of those names. Logan Cozart had a great light year last year. He's earned that right. But, like, I love Ashton Godot. I love his story. I love what he's been doing. But what are we doing with him? Peter Lambert is back on the IL. What are we doing with him? You're cold-blooded, dog. I, These are real just... people. They are, real they are real people. I'm not calling for somebody's job. I'm just saying do something different. And I don't know. I'm just saying maybe that's it. I'll leave it at that. But James, give us your, your singular follow-up <laughs> guy. Hot take? Or yeah, hot take. One guy, one guy getting called up or promoted. Who's, what do you uh, mine might not be soon, but my hot take is going to be who I think out of the guys that we've talked to personally, who I think is going to make it first. There you go. That's fun. Okay. Positive vibes. Sorry, bring it back. And my pick is Coco Montes. Coco. I'm in love uh, with the color. Coco has just been playing solid uh, with the glove and the bat. And I think big league teams uh talent directors especially like his kind of play and so if you know i'm not hoping for it at all but if something happens to iglesias or rogers you know montez might be one of the first guys up right trade deadline you know nobody knows what, what could happen it's a long season yeah, he's had a hundred plate appearances, a little over a hundred plate appearances is OPS in 909, thanks to a, a solid two weeks. Um, but it took a while to get him figured out. And friend of the pod, Jordan Pacheco, must have must uh, be helping him out down there. Uh I like that. Good vibes. Yeah. I like that. Good, I, good vibes. To build on that, I know Aaron, you've said some great things about Alan Trejo in the past. I think Coco Montes, like at this point, has jumped the ladder there. Like the bat just seems more there. I think Trejo's a great, you know, athlete and can handle shortstop real well, but Coco just hits. So if there's a need, I hope it's Coco and, and not Trejo. I I will agree with that. Yeah, Trejo's been injured. He's been on the IL for a week or two. So that is that. But, yeah, Coco. Call up Coco. I like that. I'm almost surprised you didn't say Carlos Perez. <laughs> I'm Dude, I smiling. love you some Carlos Perez. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> you know he is—he's destined to be the the Crash Davis. Yeah, I love that. All right, I do. I know. I know that was our last segment. You can say no to this. You can say it live on the spot. Do we want to talk a little Rockies real quick? Always. Might not be the theme of this pod, but always. <laughs> We never, we never really talked to the Rockies anyway. I mean, that's how James and I started this two years ago with Kirk, and it kind of led to this. I kind of want to go back to the roots a little bit, just for like five, ten minutes, James. You can say no. Yeah, let's go. Oh, he's so nervous. He's so nervous. Um, I don't even know what I want to talk about. But our one thing that stood out to me is the reactions of fans that are in the moment. Like, we had a very rough month as Rockies fans, right? Nothing was going well. Nothing was promising. Offense sucked. Pitching sucked. Defense sucked. None of it was clicking. And now we have this, like, nice five, six-day weekend, right? We had all of it clicking, minus that throw and error to end the game, worst, way, worst ways to end a game. But they played really well against the Padres and the Giants. What? How do we – I guess, how are you guys handling this as Rockies fans – who like our guys, who like the stats and all that, 
what are you what are just your overall thoughts right now as Rockies fans with where we are as Rockies? I've seen this show a thousand times. That's a lot of times in 23 years. Yeah. 30, I mean, 28 years. How many, how old are they? 28 years. Yeah, 28. I mean, yeah, they played nice for a week, but you're in last <laughs> place. So see ya. <laughs> There's that Jane pessimism that I love. I missed that. That's why I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> a nice, nice way to go four and six in your last 10. Thanks. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> What's the most frustrating for you, though? Is it the pitching? Is it just never making a having a complete game? Is it the coaching? What is it that's most frustrating, like on the field part of it for you? Oh, on the field? Well, I'm frustrated by the fact that our mega offseason move hasn't played in a month. I'm a little frustrated by that. I'm also a little frustrated by I'm always perpetually perpetually frustrated by a pitching staff that just can't do what they need to do. I don't say that like in a critical way like you guys suck because they don't. It's really hard. <laughs> I get that <laughs> and nobody's been able to figure it out. I understand but I'm frustrated along with them as they're trying to figure it out. Like I'm not frustrated at you. I'm frustrated with you. <laughs> That's fair. And they are definitely frustrated. Like there's no, like what's going on with Herman is you can see it in his body language, which I think might be part of it. Uh, I mean, poor, poor Gilbert goes out there in a tough spot and he's got runners on and he throws a good, some good, you know, good really good pitches and then next one spiked and now we've given up the lead but then he gets the next guy out and it's just like dude you're so close man and he knows he is too but that's how it just goes as a Rockies fan I mean it's sometimes you compete and lose and other times you just get blown out and it's just like right yeah you know and the games that they that they do win it's always really fun of course but you just know that over the course of the long haul it's going to be more L's than W's. And here we are again. Here we are again. Tyler? I, I've had an okay time kind of isolating the overall success with just the guys who we know are going to be here for, you know, two, three plus years. And that most of them are kind of pulling their weight. I think a lot of this really falls on um, – you know, a couple of the bullpen guys, I think the bullpen's actually been really solid lately. It's just, you know, every time Carlos Estevez or Joey Chassin <laughs> goes out there, you're really clenching hard, um, knowing that it's going to be a bad one. Uh, the rotation had a really rough stretch, but overall has been pretty solid. And all those guys are, I mean, Chad Cool, we don't know what's going to happen with him, but all those guys are kind of part of the future. Feltner, that, that's been kind of the highlight for me lately is like just seeing Ryan Feltner, like, assert himself as like a true starter like it's sad that you know I hope he doesn't get optioned like straight away again this guy deserves to stick in this rotation you know obviously someone's got to get kind of booted but like he's pitching better than everyone else like he has the best pure stuff I don't think that's really in question much anymore maybe besides Herman um like that was sad seeing Brendan Rogers hit like a hundred for a month that was sad, but then he hit like 400 for a month and we're kind of balanced. Um, but we'd love to see some movement. Like we just, you know, spent 45 minutes talking about down in the farm. We need some new life going on. And I think we're seeing that a little bit. Jake Bird didn't get to see his debut. I don't know why they decided to throw Lucas Gilbert three days in a row. Nothing against Lucas, but you got a guy in Jake Bird who hasn't pitched in the big leagues and you throw guys three days in a row. Um, but new blood will make it fun. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I like that take. Like a lot of the, the future is all about what we do, right? We talk about the future all the time. So thinking about what that future looks like on the major league level and what they're doing there is good. I like that. I think for me, it's the why not just keep them up? Keep up the Chad Smith, the Jake Birds, the Justin Lawrence, Eulerius Montero keep these guys up for the long haul, Ryan Feltner, and just stop playing with it. Just like these guys, we called them up. They have a taste. 
let's do the trial and tribulations, go back to my Hartford to Albuquerque um, speech there. It's just why why do we keep playing this yo-yo game with some of these guys when you know your future is in Ularis? You know your future in the pen lies with Jay Lawrence and Jake Bird and you know these guys. It doesn't lie in Estevis and Yossi. So what are we doing? Um, that's the most frustrating part for me. Like as I watch these games, like I saw I I freak out. Like you said, clinch when I see Estevis coming in. Like, here we go again. Um I can think that's the most frustrating part. And I mean, it's the most frustrating part with the farm. Like, why aren't we calling some of these guys up now? Like, Tovar, why isn't he just up? Like, what are we doing? And there's that stuff behind the scenes. There's smarter people than me that are running it. But some things just seem fairly clear that I would like an explanation on. So Sterling, if you are listening, please give us a call and explain that to me like I'm seven. But that's the most frustrating thing for me. Like, we know we're not winning the World Series in the next two or three years, next five years. But what are we doing to set up for that run, for that success? And that's the most frustrating thing for me. Yeah, get Tovar and Triple A at least. Why at not? least. We don't, yeah, we don't need anything else. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our little Rockies talk, I guess. Putting that in there, putting that out there. Yeah, mentioned it a few a little bit. Um, Julian Fernandez is no longer with the Rockies. Big arm, just couldn't figure it out. Um, Justin Lawrence is back with Albuquerque. He came back down with Chad Smith on the 12th yesterday. Tyler Kinley is on the IL along with Ty Block. Um, Jake Bird is still up with the big, big club. So we'll see, maybe see his, his debut this week. Um, I think that's most of it. Not a lot of transactions in the minors this week. So we'll leave it at that. We'll end it with that. Um, Anything for the good of the cause? I'm excited for the draft. I've said it a thousand times. And it, I, I wish it was July already, so that it'd be really close. But I'll wait patiently. July 17th? Yeah, just about a month. Okay, July 17th. <laughs> so, again, we'll have Nick next week. We'll have Tyler next week. We'll talk about prospects and possible draftees in the CWS uh, coming up. Uh, Luke Taggart will drop on Thursday. Uh, banter session, cool guy. Just, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. I know I lied to you guys. I'm sorry. I caught <laughs> up to me. Apologize. And we'll end it with that. Go Rocks, minor league affiliates. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.